You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 37, here he is throwing in the middle. It's caught by Watson. He's got great speed. Turning the corner. Christian Watson down the sideline. And he! Score! Whoa! Hang on! Love to Watson to a one-score game. This one is the stunner. You basically feel like all right, this Eagles team sort of has this thing under control, and then Christian Watson hits the Jets again. Six touchdowns now in the last three games. He is really something. When he gets in the open field and running, that was some throw by Jordan Love, too. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com, or you can text the show at 865 658 Five eight two four. We're live on YouTube and Twitter. For those of you listen listening to us on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. I'm joined tonight with Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. Ryan Schlipp may be hopping on here in a second. We were scheduled to have him on, but you know how it is, man. He's raising 35 children and uh, and 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 trying to uh, maintain a marriage where he's as carnivorous as they come, and his wife is a uh, vegetarian, from the best of my understanding. So I can only imagine what that's like on the home front. I can't believe you spilled those beans, Jacob. I heard that. And I was like, man, that gives me hope for the, the entire world yeah no it was uh that's kind of like reminds me of my uh my, my grandparents they were together for like oh gosh 70 years and they were diehard democrat diehard republican and it was <laughs> awkward as heck but so we're like somehow you make it work good for you all right let's right. go yeah i grew up in a house where you know obviously a long time ago the the parties have uh have somewhat changed and all that and uh <laughs> my, my mother was not the most uh i don't know the most political person, but she, uh, she was a Democrat and my dad didn't have a clue what was going on. Just to be honest with you, he was running around with Seagram seven, riding Harleys and didn't really care about the political round, but that's the story for another day. So, um, let's do this, man. Let's kind of lay out what we're going to do here tonight. Obviously we're live on YouTube and Twitter. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. And, um, yeah, we're just, we're just going to kind of talk about a weekly recap here and you see Jordan love in the title for a reason. Jacob, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about Jordan Love, dude, and uh, I'm getting excited because these are people that I respect. These are people that I don't always agree with, but I understand they've been around the game of football for a very long time, both at the collegiate and uh, and National Football League level. And I don't know, man, it's just it's exciting to hear people kind of come around because 
when this whole Aaron Rodgers trade, you know, happened, you know, what did we hear? It was just, oh, what are the Packers going to do now? We're going back to the 70s and 80s, blah, 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 blah. Now you're starting to hear people like Hall of Famer Kurt Warner, you know, uh, 38-year uh, front office executive and, and scout Michael Lombardi, um, Greg Cosell, who's been with NFL Films since the 70s, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, who was a, just an unbelievable wide receiver at the NFL level. And then, like you mentioned to me earlier, you shared a clip with me where, where David Carr was kind of talking them up a little bit, talking about the Packers, how they could be a little bit underrated. And we got Mr. Green on the line. We'll go to him in just a second. But what do you think, man? It's, it's kind of exciting to see this, uh, this hop train get a little bit rolling, right? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it, like Ryan talks about a lot. It's just really weird to me. I've never seen – a first round draft pick quarterback that has gotten more hate than Jordan Love for no under reason. I mean, if anything, like we've said, we, he, he's shown strides, quote unquote, as if it's a bad thing to take strides. I mean, I don't know. Um, one thing we didn't talk about this. Did you hear? I saw an article the other day that Jordan Love has been training with Ojo Senko. Really? Yo. Did you see that? I did. No, that's, that's a legit thing. I looked it up. Yeah. And honestly, I thought about it and I'm like, well, that won't help him at all, but it will because he's a wide receiver. <laughs> It'll help him with some, but it will help his, his ego, his, his, uh, his swagger, if you will, yeah. that confidence. Hey, and dude, even I, get a little more bravado. Yeah. I actually heard him on a podcast the other day. I can't remember the name of it, but, uh, one of the listeners shared it with me on Twitter and, um, he was really, really laid back. And now this podcast was very loose. Uh, they were, they were kind of, you know, uh, they were using a, a lot of colorful language. It kind of caught me off guard. I didn't hear Jordan speak like that, but just hearing him in a relaxed environment where he sounded like he was just talking to one of the boys, it's like yeah. this dude's got some confidence. And he talked about when it when it kind of clicked and he, he realized, hey, look, I can play at the next level. I am talented. It's exciting. But uh, we're joined here on the line by Mr. Green. How you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, Clayton. How's it going? Oh, doing great, man. Doing great. We appreciate you hopping on with us, dude. Uh, so I know we chat a little bit offline, man. What you got going on this week? What's on your mind? Uh, there's a, a lot of Packers talk, uh, surprisingly, for such a dead week in the offseason, right? Yeah, amen. I, I'll tell you what, you know what I just did is I just uh, secured my tickets for uh, the third preseason game against nice. Seattle. Nice. So, uh, so I, I'm going to try and get to, to both of the games at Lambeau this year, but at, at least I got the last one secured. So I'll get I'll get week two right away. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I've never been to a preseason game, but, you know, I think I would enjoy that because when I go to Green Bay, like I've talked about many, many times, um, you know, when, when I go to a game in Green Bay, it can be a little bit stressful. Me and Jacob kind of seen that firsthand. Right. We, uh, we went to a game together this year and <laughs> and, you know, you, you always want, uh, you know, the team to come out on top. And sometimes it's not as enjoyable when it's a close game, this and that. But a preseason game, I feel like it's like. Eh, who cares who wins? Let's just kind of lay back, uh, drink a couple cold beers, and, and watch the ball game, right? Um, you know, but, that's exactly right, Clayton, because that's what I love about the preseason. Uh, the weather's always better. Uh, you know, you can wear some shorts and a T-shirt at Lambeau, you know, relax. <laughs> and, you know, people know that the, obviously the outcomes don't mean anything, but these preseason games are just – I'm one of them guys. I do believe that they're important. Um, I agree. We we don't need months and months and months of preseason football, but I think it's important, especially with a team like our Packers, to get good evaluation on a lot of these young players. And the only way to do that is to see that full game live speed. Well, at least as close as you can get to it. Yeah. Um, so preseason is always awesome. Um, looking forward to that this year. Yeah, absolutely. Brad in the chat said, you guys proved that I'm not completely insane. Sitting here grilling on the back deck thinking about this team. 
tell you earlier today, man, I was uh, I was I was working out in the yard, got that done. Right. Came in, got cleaned up, went chilled in the pool for about an hour, then ate some uh, ate some brisket, passed out on the couch, slipped into a complete carb coma. I was eating mac and cheese and brisket and all that stuff. Ryan down there grinning like a possum in a dumpster. He knows exactly what I'm talking about, dude. How you doing tonight, Ryan? Good man. I, I don't know why I thought you said six thirty, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm like, dude, they're live right now. What the heck is going on? So, <laughs> yeah, I I, 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 I do know what you feel like because I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm having some uh, stomach issues from a little too much food. So you know, <laughs> it's part of the reason I was hoping I get another thirty minutes to digest, but I'll, I'll muscle through oh, it. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have many stomach issues. I got an iron gut, but I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, my back is hurting since joining this network because I put on the weight. And bro, it's <laughs> trying to haul that extra weight around is tough. But uh, Mr. Green, man, before we let you go, is there anything you want to cover? Man? Anything you want to talk about here, dude? Um, you know, you're you're right there in Green Bay on the east side, holding it down. Um, maybe what's the vibe like right up there? Uh, you know, this time of year, right now, and uh, is there anything that's kind of on your mind about this team? Um, I definitely think just playing off what you guys were saying about our uh, our quarterback, uh, I think it vacillates between the fear of the unknown and sheer unadulterated optimism when it comes to to J Love. And and I fall I fall into the sheer unadulterated optimism. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those Let's things go. I got a I got a feeling about this guy, and and I'll leave it at that. We're, we're not going to know Amen. until uh, I agree. we really see him doing it. So um, I'm just looking forward to it. And I think the vibe here is, is the same. I mean, people are excited about this year. Not that we're not excited every year for Packers football, but I think the unknown is what makes it so exciting. And um, I'm it's just different. really looking forward to it, guys. It's going to be a great year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Greg Cosell said something very similar. I was listening to his pod with Ross Tucker earlier, and they were talking about love. And he said, you know, there's a lot of questions around love, right? The first thing he said is he's extremely talented. He said he's got a great arm. He's got great arm talent, everything you want in in an NFL quarterback from arm talent, you know, standpoint. But he said these are some of the questions he asked Ross, just, just rapid fire and going, hey, look, nobody really knows what we have in Jordan Love until we get out there and see some live gameplay. But he said, how does he see things in key situations? Does he see the field well? Can he play with timing? Does he have precise ball location? He definitely has a talented arm, but they do have young receivers. Can he be consistent? Those are the things that he brung up. And if he if he can be consistent, and it's funny, me and Ryan were talking about this just the other day, if you'll remember Ryan talking about the Kurt Warner breakdown, you know, a lot of those questions that Greg Cosell asked, granted, it's in a very, very small sample size, but, you know, Kurt Warner kind of answered those for us. You know, he talks about how he understood the offense. You could tell he understands the offense. He he knows uh, his pre-snap keys. He's got great timing. He's got, got great anticipation in that small sample size we've seen. He's extremely accurate when he plants his back foot, all those things. You know, it's it's a small sample size. We've got to say it a thousand times. It's important to mention it. But from what we've seen, I think he kind of checks out pretty well with what Greg Cosell was was asking, right, right? Yep, I think so. Um, he, uh, well, yeah, I'll just I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Mr. Green, we're going to let you get out of here, dude. Uh, anything else you want to add before you go, brother? Thanks, as always, for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be tuned in to the rest of the stream. Go Pack Go, as usually. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the time, buddy. Thank you. All right, guys, have a good one. See you.
All right. So uh, Elevated Shine in the chat. I need to read these before I post them. No, hey it's, it's quote. He's making fun of Ryan. Why waste time saying a lot of words when a few words do the trick? Hey, there you That's go. Kevin Malone. Big <laughs> talk. Every time anybody, do. whether it's on Ryan's pod or not, when y'all bring up Kevin Malone, all I can all I can see is him <laughs> dropping that chili and trying to scoop yeah. it up with the, the manila photo, right? And trying to get it oh. back in the- <laughs> I had a coworker real quick at the uh, the restaurant I work at. He he comes in early because he's a great guy. He'll come in like an hour, hour and a half early, and he makes a staff meal for everybody because he just he loves cooking. And he spent like <laughs> like forty five minutes like roasting all this stuff and you know preparing all these dishes. And he was loading it into the oven, and he used like a flimsy tray, and it poured it down onto himself, and then he. He like fell on. It was so Kevin Malone. I tried to uh, to record it on our security system and send it to him in a in a, in a file, but I don't know if I it works yet. Dude, there's no better show, man. The dynamic of that show. <laughs> I mean, and I was like five years late to it, right? I didn't watch it until it was like season six, and I'm going, all right, let me give this a shot. That's just how I operate. Let me give this a shot. Now I'm like, I'm still watching it on loop. It's unbelievable, Ryan. On your pod this week, you did a lot of roster evaluation. By the way, man freaking love that content that Good, stuff is you. right that's right down my alley right there um you know one of the things that came away i came away from was the offensive line right and how you kind of broke down where everybody's grades fall according to pff and and how people you know what position people played well at um it, it sounds like as of right now if you had to pick a left tackle of the future it's probably zach tom as far as what's on the roster right now if bach was gone would you agree with that or did i misunderstand you um, I, I have a feeling that's where it's heading. I think my preference would be Elton Jenkins. I know I'm in the minority on that, but I, I genuinely think he is a very good left tackle. I know he struggled at the start of this year, but I think he just struggled generally because of the injury. Yeah. I think he is a very high quality left tackle. And if we can have him left and Zach, right, I think that would be ideal and we'll figure out the left guard situation. But I do think that's probably going to be what they want to do is move Zach and keep Elton inside is my, my thought on what they're going to try to do. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you always want your best offensive lineman on that blind side, right? If at all possible, if it's interchangeable. Um, You know, when it comes to Elton, the money he's being paid, let's say Bach isn't on the roster next year. And and he's not he's definitely not going to be on the roster at that forty million dollar cap hit, whatever it is. It's something insane. I don't have it pulled up right now, but you're probably going to see the Packers. I, if if I had to put money on it right now, they're going to free up roughly twenty million next year, um, depending on how he's moved, if he retires, if they just cut him outright, restructure, whatever it is. Um, if that's the case, the fact that you would have Elton Jenkins, a healthy Elton Jenkins, roughly two years removed from the ACL surgery, playing left tackle at the price tag that he's on, that's a huge, huge discount, right? I mean, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. It gives you a salary cap uh, to. Uh, to kind of maneuver around some other things. And we know they're absolutely crushing the wide receiver room right now because that I think I think we're the cheapest wide receiver room in the entire NFL where other teams are really, really going expensive right now. But, Jacob, uh, what do you think, man, about the offensive line? Is that your preference, too? Do you think Elton would probably be the best choice at left tackle? Would it be Zach Tom? What are you thinking, man? I, I know you're probably going to say Jake Hansen, but let's uh, let's try to curb the enthusiasm on Jake Hansen. <laughs> um, to be honest, I – I would love to see Zach Tom there just because it seems like he can do a little bit of everything. And I want to see if he can be that. We know that Elton can take care of left guard. We know he can take care of a lot of other positions, but a a stat that I saw today, which is incredible to me is that the oldest player on the green Bay Packers team 
is 33 or 32. I can't remember exactly. And it's either Pat O'Donnell or it's David Bakhtiari. So that means that the offensive line is so ridiculously young that to me, I mean, it's just basically, um, I'm just very bullish on it, I guess. Um, I just, I don't really know. I'm not worried for the first time going into a season because if maybe we throw uh Tom at center. I've even heard there's some rumblings about that. I've heard that there's possible that Caleb Jones could maybe sneak in there right tackle or Yash Nijman. You know, there's such a different um, group of guys that it's like, I'm really excited. I've also heard that there's been, maybe it's kind of leaching into a different topic, but like they've been taking uh, Luke Venice and obviously having him do reps on the edge and stuff, but they've also been putting him inside and he's been apparently blowing Rice Newman like out of his position just on his bull rush. So if that's the case, then maybe, maybe we need to shore up our guards a bit. I don't know. So yeah. it's nice to know that we can plug and play. Obviously this stuff isn't full pads. So take that all with a grain of salt, but it's just nice to know that we have options and it feels like we have a lot of chess pieces we can move around. Yeah. Gotcha. Goat Mike hooping channel. All right. <laughs> Says I'm a huge fan of the, uh, of the Packers almost 30 years. Hey, we appreciate you hanging out with us, man, for sure. And uh, let's see here. Simon in the chat says Jenkins. He literally said that eight. You even listening to the pod <laughs> laughing emoji, just giving you a hard time. Did, did, did Elton Jenkins come out and say that? I missed that part. I think he meant me on the pod. Oh, gotcha. Okay. okay. <laughs> Never mind. Man. All right. I'm trying to keep up with my little pea brain over here. Um, let's see here in the chat. Mike says, uh, we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think we can be better than the lines. Uh, but our old line needs to play big. I think that's the key. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that kind of, I don't want to say it caught me off guard, but you really highlighted well, Ryan was the Packers are just focused on pass blocking. It seems like, are they not, man? That's, I mean, when they sign offensive linemen, when they draft offensive linemen, it's, it's all about, Hey, look, just pass block. We'll figure the running thing out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I thought maybe that would change, and it kind of seemed like it was going to when Matt LaFleur showed up, and all of a sudden David Bakhtiari is a really good run blocker. He's like, all right, we're going to see a change, but he's like the only one that can run block. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not mad at it. If you got to pick, go pass blocking, and maybe that's just the way our, our, our coaching staff is and whatnot. I don't really know the reason, but um, I, I do wish we had this big, powerful road-grading offensive line, but I'm certainly not going to complain about some really good pass blockers. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, Mike in the chat says, our run defense must step up. Joe Barry needs to be fired if he doesn't step up. I'm so serious. Um, I know Michael Lombardi, man, This uh, I shared an, an audio clip. I'm sure you've seen it, Jacob, on Twitter. It uh, it got some got some pretty good run. It had some legs yeah. on it, but yeah. uh, it, reached, it reached the Bears fans, which that's a success. Um, yeah. he, basically, he was saying, you know, this when healthy, this defense is good. And he talked about how the things we talked about last week, you know, that down the stretch, those last whatever it was, four, five, six games where the defense really stepped up. And I was kind of running some numbers, Mike. And, and this is this was very interesting to me um, as far as expected points added slash allowed, you know, the effectiveness of both offense and defense from a defensive standpoint. The, the, the glaring hole is rush defense, and, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but in the offseason last year, I pointed out on my pod where Greg Cosell was saying it's, it's blatantly obvious that NFL head coaches and defensive coordinators are literally saying we will allow them to run the football. We're just mm-hmm. going to stop the pass and limit the explosive plays in the passing game. And, you know, our EP, EP, EPA as far as rush defense was .026. It was 28th in the league. However – 
pass defense, the EPA was .019, which was 11th best. So we were right there at the borderline of a top 10 pass defense. Keep in mind, think of all the time that Rashawn Gary missed too. Mm-hmm. Think of yeah. Devondre Campbell being hurt. And that's why Michael Lombardi said, if healthy, this can be a really good defense. And then the points of loud, of course, was uh, 371 points allowed. That, that was 17th best in the league. That's not going to cut it, but think of all of the turnovers too. That was the rarity of last year. Aaron Rodgers throwing interceptions when we weren't used to Aaron Rodgers throwing interceptions. Of course, uh, we fumbled the ball plenty of times as well. It's all going to come down to that turnover differential. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's it's going to be the key statistic to whether or not this team uh, does well this year. Ryan, did you see that video I shared of Michael Lombardi going on his little uh, his little rant, kind of talking about the Packers and the Bears? I started it. I didn't finish it. It's on my list. Gotcha. It's a uh, that whole podcast was uh, that whole segment was really really good. Um, and and it's funny because Bears fans are oh, and even Pat McAfee said it. Oh, you just hate Bear. You know, Bears fans are going to say you're just hating on the Bears. You're just hate. No, he hated on the Packers two years ago. I, I was going to say <laughs> he's been pretty negative on the Packers. I'm surprised and happy to see that he's kind of coming around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see here. Simon in the chat says, "Good point on the wide receiver money. It would be fun to get a break out of the cap." Uh, by position versus NFL average. If only there was a Packers pod out there. <laughs> Take that as a shot. <laughs> yeah. be. Um, Andy in the chat, which Andy's going to join us here in a minute. Andy, if you can hear me right now, bro, just uh, just hop on that link that I shared in the group chat there at any point. He says, starting the season with our preferred O-line will be a nice change. That's another thing that we forget about, right? I mean, when we when we came out of camp last year, it was a freaking mess. I mean, we were still sitting there, weren't we, Jacob, going? Is, is, I think box healthy. Box going to play. You know, they, they, they made it sound as if, you know. This is the week. This yeah. is the week. <laughs> <of the week. laughs> and it, it's going to be huge, man. That in the defensive line. Kenny Clark, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm a Kenny Clark basher, and I don't mean to be. But uh, the, you, you have got to have a three-tech, which I think Devontae Wyatt's going to play more three-technique than, than Kenny. But – You've got to get you got to be able to push the pocket from the interior. And one of the things that Greg Cosell talked about on his pod was he really expected them to use Lucas Van Ness as an inside rusher, especially in passing situations. That's you know, that's kind of where I got my information from when we first drafted him. Excuse me. And uh now he's saying that he's hearing out of Green Bay that they're they're strictly utilizing him as an outside passer, as an edge defender, and that kind of caught him off guard. But I love Greg Cosell. He'd been, he'd been a part of NFL films since the 70s, and what did he say? How did he respond? He responded with, but they see him every day. They know more than me. So obviously they're seeing something on the edge that they see very valuable. Now I know that, you know, whatever – whatever random Twitter handle you want to insert on Twitter understands football better than the Packers front office and Greg Gostell. But uh, I don't know, man, that, that was a little bit like, okay, if they're not going to use them on the interior as much and Greg Gostell is not just going to say that someone from, from 1265 Lombardi has shared that information with them. That means they feel really good about Devonte. Why? That gets me excited. It gets me very excited. Um, when you broke down the defense, Ryan, what did you come away with with Devontae White? Did you did you come away very encouraged? Because that's that's kind of what I see when I look at the tape. Yeah, no, I, I like Wyatt. I think people get discouraged because we set really high expectations. I know it's I know it's a sin to say temper your expectations. That means they're garbage and they're always going to be terrible forever. But um, I think people set really high expectations about him coming out of Georgia, being this elite pass rusher. And he wasn't utilized as much, and his stats weren't as high as they were supposed to be. But 
You look at his overall grade. You look at especially, you know, if you, if you watch some of the plays he made, some of the stuff he was able to do was just shocking. I mean, the way he throws offensive linemen around, him chasing people from behind. I remember doing a video on that. Like, dude, I, I took a screenshot before he actually took off running. I said, here's Wyatt. Here's the quarterback. What if I told you he actually caught him from behind? I mean, it's just it's stupid stuff. So he's yeah. he's like everybody else. He's got to work on his technique. He's got to refine some stuff. But he really showed some stuff that not a lot of people can do. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, man. Um, all right. On the line, we got Andy Monday. How you doing tonight, buddy? I'm pretty good. Good. Well, we appreciate you calling in, dude. It's good to hear from you. Now, you're out in Kansas. Is that right, Andy? Am I thinking right? Yeah, yeah. When I call into the show, and by the way, thanks for more than three minutes. I'm going to probably just stop talking after three minutes because I won't know what to do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I always introduce myself as Andy, still stuck in Kansas. Um, gotcha. We got to get you out of there, man. Come on, dude. What do we got to do? We got to get a horse and carriage out there to haul you out or what? Um <laughs> Yeah, don't go in the dirt roads. They're terrible. I get to go up to Wisconsin. All my family, all the side of my family is is all up there. So we were just up there last week. Gotcha. And then I go in the fall time also. Yeah, Andy, just so you guys know, he's given me all kinds of uh, inside advice on, on what to do in Door County. That's my next trip. I'm trying to get up to Door County when it's warm weather. Um, it's just so... It's so hard, Andy, for me not to go up there when it's snowing, dude. I just love Green Bay in the winter. That's when I want to be up there is just when it is colder than a well digger's booty, man. That's just – that's my – I don't know. That's 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 my dig there. Um, so well, Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, you know, you just telling about how you came across – you didn't come across Green Bay. You came across the Packers, and then you came across Green Bay. So the Packers will always be the leading story. Yeah, absolutely, man. No doubt about it. it it's, it's so funny how I stumbled across – being a fan of the Green Bay Packers, like it just thin threads. If I hadn't found that DVD, I probably wouldn't be a Packers fan today, which is just crazy to think about. But uh, what do you want to talk about, man? Um, what's on your mind tonight? How are you feeling about the Packers this year? Or just anything? You got the floor, dude. Well, yeah, I, I think it's been it's going to be quite interesting, just because you know changing of the guard. You never know what to expect. Thank you again, Ryan. You've repeated several times. I remember calling several years ago, um, way back when. I think I was the only person calling the show. That was several years ago, and I called like every day. Anyway, just the whole thing about, you know, we can't have Jordan Love be a great quarterback because you can't have three in a row, and that's just – that doesn't make any sense mathematically, I mean. But so, you know, there's obviously that that's that's coming into play. Nobody knows exactly how that's going to be, but your guys, your show, have said, well, an unknown is not a negative, so let's see how that, that goes. Um I just say that there's so many other possibilities outside of just the quarterback. I mean, the 49ers have been perennial, you know, uh, Super Bowl contenders. So they haven't had a quarterback for a long time. It's a good point. A very long time. Yeah. You know, so that's just, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think the, the fact that there are, what, a half dozen guys going into year two who could all break out from the same draft class, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. No, it really is. It really is. And, and you know what What Greg Cosell was talking about with Jordan Love is, you know, he absolutely loves Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. He thinks it's one of, if not the best backfields in the entire National Football League. He was also high on Tavia, uh, Tay Wicks coming out of college. He said his, if you go back and watch his 2021 tape, phenomenal tape. Um, and he just talked about, you know, Jordan Love's got got a talented arm. So, you know, you, you can have arm talent and all that, but if you don't have someone who's – who's going to kind of lead the charge and keep things directed in the proper path. The one thing that excites me, Jacob, is, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur, 
I'm eager to see what he does without Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers or you know Matt Lafleur. Think about this. I was thinking about this earlier today. What other what other coach in the National Football League has this kind of resume? He was the quarterbacks coach in Atlanta when Matt Ryan won the MVP. Matt Lafleur. He comes to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers wins back-to-back MVPs. So he's got three MVP quarterbacks under his belt, right? And, and it's easy to sit here and go, okay, quiet Matt LaFleur. He's buddy-buddy, and he's not, you know, whatever. You can't deny the fact that he he has had a vital role in three MVP performances at the quarterback position, man. Um, I don't know, dude. I'm not going to be surprised if we look up Jacob here in a, in a year or two and go, Jordan Love's a top-five quarterback. And Matt LaFleur is all of a sudden the new Bruce Arians, right, the new quarterback. What do you think, man? What kind of confidence do you have in Matt LaFleur developing Jordan Love? So it's not only a Matt LaFleur thing as you're as you're talking about that. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, like Matt LaFleur is going to be justified. But I feel like Matt LaFleur already is a bit justified because, I mean, the guy, he put on multiple 13-win seasons. And people say it's with Aaron Rodgers and obviously it's with the, uh, the MVP. But that, again, should only be, again, like Ryan says, like why would you think that – it's because that uh, Aaron Rodgers leaves that Jordan Love will be bad. Well, why is that? Because Matt LaFleur is the same coach who's going to be bringing up Jordan Love. And and if you were to be consistent, that means that in theory, Jordan Love is going to have some success. We have Tom Clements. We have other quarterback coaches that he's been through. We have a lot of young wide receivers that have an amazing talent base. We have Aaron Jones who could possibly be a running back one. And I'm talking in fantasy football things, but think of like, if you're thinking that Jordan Love only can dump off balls and that kind of stuff. Well, who better to do it to than Aaron Jones? I mean, the guy is a freak. He is just, he averages five and a half yards, basically every single time he touches the ball. Um, in addition to that, you look at what this means this year, not only to, to, to LaFleur, but for Gutekunst. Because if you think about this, this year, if Love succeeds, that means everything that Gutekunst has done basically in the last tenure of his employment is good. If Vanessa comes up, he's a he's a genius. If Walker takes a step, he's a genius. If if Wyatt takes a step, he's a genius. If Watson, if if all these guys, this whole team's success is going to basically make Gutekunst look and Lafleur look like they're absolute geniuses. Because one, it'll be Gutekunst's team, and two, it'll be Lafleur's new team that he has no uh, Rogers taking control of. So it's only them. It's only Gutekunst. It's only Lafleur, and it's only the new young breed of team. And I think that's amazing. And it's really fun to think about. No, it definitely is, dude. Daryl in the chat said, Love needs all the protection he can get. Jones and Dylan can handle their own. I ran some other stats here and and kind of tried to narrow this down, Ryan, to say, okay, what did Green Bay really key in on the running game that was so effective, right? Why why did they have – I think they had two backs, right? Both of them averaged over five yards a carry, if I remember correctly. So they were very effective on, on, the, uh, on the ground. The rough, rushing offense – was from EPA uh, standpoint was .008. They were 10th best in the league. Their passing offense was .011 EPA. They were 16th. And then, of course, points scored 370. They were 14th in points scored. We know that number should have been higher, but the turnovers played a big role in that. But as far as a schematic standpoint, they ran outside zone 36% of the time. So the wide zone boot is alive and well in Green Bay. They're running outside zone the majority of the time. That tied fifth most in the entire NFL. And then they ran pin and pull 14% of the time. That They actually ran pin and pull uh, the second most um, of any other running situation, running schematic, however you want to word it, than anything else they ran. And they were tied for third in the league running that the most. 
what do you think, uh, you know, as far as the uh, the running game this year? Do you think that they will lean on the run more? Do you think it will be as effective? Do you think teams will start to load the box and try to take the run away from Jordan Love? What do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit more skeptical, but only because I've been bitten on this so many times. Every year since Matt LaFleur got here, this is the year. This is the year we're going to start running more. We're going to start doing this. Every year we say that, and every year we're wrong. And I get it. Well, we have a reason. We've always had a reason, right? Well, Rogers left, so now it's different. Maybe. I don't know. I thought we had plenty of reasons in the past to do it, too. But, you know, maybe, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, passing is still the best way to win football games. million. Dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but, but realistically, pa- we all know that passing is how you win football games, right? And so I think even for a guy that really appreciates running the ball, Unless he feels he needs to run the ball because Jordan Love is not really ready to handle a lot, I think if Jordan Love can handle it, you want to put more on his shoulders. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think because of his scheme he wants to be more fifty-fifty or or whatever kind of run pass. I, I think everybody fully understands that passing is how you win, and if that dude can pass and the passing is working, I think we're going to do a lot of it. And I, that's that's kind of where I'm at on that. Yeah, and, and it really comes down to the the defensive front that they show, right? There's a lot of that maneuvering that goes on within within a, a game and the play calling sequence. Um, you know, a lot of times when you've seen that pin and pull, and the reason I think they got the 14% was because they were trying to overload one side of the formation. Whether it was Rodgers or it was a built-in check at the line, what have you, um, they went to pin and pull, and it was pretty effective. But, uh, Andy, before we let you go, man, is there any anything else you want to hit on? Is there any questions you got? Um, anything you're excited about? You got the floor, brother. I think that if you just think about when was Rogers most successful during Lafleur's time, it was when he was running the most Lafleur-like offense during that time. I'm talking 2020. I don't think it was. I don't think it was ever truly a Lafleur offense. But when he was at his best, you could see him him buying into that, which is a and that's over more than one season you know it was happening at the end of 2019 especially if you watch that seahawks playoff game you could see that was different from the rest of of you know the the regular season i really think 2020 we saw it and even into some of 2021 we saw it which just gives the correct credit to matt lafleur if if uh, uh if love can learn to just make the pass and not have to try and make the whole play I don't see why he can't be successful. We already know that Jones and Dylan are highly successful, very efficient. And if you can use those guys to buy another set of downs, then Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur can kind of pick where they want to, you know, use that weapon throughout. If teams are wondering, hey, we should test this guy by blitzing, bring it on. Because what, what happened to the screen game? We haven't seen a really healthy screen game, I think, for, for a while with, with Aaron Jones, with Dylan. We've seen it at times, but, you know, not, not as a true... A true weapon, I, I I don't think. So really, you know, between now and and training camp, there's a long dead period. So I just think that people should find things that they actually like about football, and maybe that's <laughs> maybe that starts with doing what you can to kind of flush away the bad memories of the last few seasons. I think that they tend to build up. Most fans are men, and men tend to build things up. That's why men are considered to be angry for the most part. I just think, but I think there's ways of doing it that are not unmanly. I would suggest this, and this is probably going to be hard for a lot of people. Go back and actually watch the playoff losses. Do it. Put them to bed. Like, truly put them to bed. And not only for your own sake, but for the sake of, of closing off the Aaron Rodgers legacy, right? 
actually watch the games. We have this idea that 2021 Aaron Rodgers didn't look like he wanted to play that game. That's true. Neither did anybody on the special teams. Okay. But that doesn't mean that don't fall into the revisionist history of, well, that means all the other playoff losses, Rodgers was terrible. People who said, for example, that 2021 playoff game, you can't play that poorly at quarterback and win playoff games. Uh, Garoppolo did in the same game. So, yes, you can win and play poorly. Go go back and and watch them, right? Figure out, like, actually get the details and say, look, this is the story of what happened. Uh, The 2014 NFC Championship game, people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. But that's what you have to do. Otherwise, you're always going to look at it through the eyes of, I went to a work party as soon as that game was over. That was not an easy work party to to, to go to, especially because I made the mistake of like 15 minutes earlier. I remember whispering to one of my sons. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I think we're going to the Super Bowl. You know, oh, that was a bad idea. But so the, there's things to do during this dead period and get back to the things that you really like about football, yeah. whether it's just grabbing a, a, a bunch of statistics and rolling around in Packers records and saying, wow, I can't believe we had this guy and he did these things, old memories that you have of you know games that you just remember watching on TV when Yancey Thigpen dropped the touchdown catch at the finale of the 95 season. My brother Yuri and I, we jumped up out of the basement. This is when we lived in Wisconsin, out the front door and ran around the house 
there's snow all over the ground. We didn't have shoes on. We were probably half dressed anyway, you know, but like just different memories of that kind of stuff. I mean, if I get a chance to come back on again, uh, I was a foreign exchange student. So being a Packers fan in that scenario (laughs) might, might add something to one of these shows. If you ever want that (laughs) one. Yeah, that's a unique one because I don't you, think you probably heard something like that before. But. I got to be honest, man. When you uh, when you were talking about you know this advice for a clean slate, I thought you were going to suggest an ayahuasca <laughs> cleanse or something. I got a little bit nervous. <laughs> I was like, no, not, not on the show, Andy. Not on the show. I don't know what you guys are growing out there in Kansas, but no, we don't do that. I want you to have more memories, not fewer. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no, all very well said. And as we let you go here, man, I want to thank you for uh, hopping on, dude. You're welcome anytime. You'll always have Andy's a link to jump on a chat with right. Um Okay. I'll tell you this. <laughs> as you were talking about that that fig pin drop and all that, you can go to – this is what I like to do this time of year is go to YouTube and and just look at the old Packer games. They've got a ton of them. And, and the, the commentary is freaking hilarious to see how far it's come. Like <laughs> – Hearing two middle-aged white guys try to sound cool in the early '90s is freaking <laughs> hilarious. I'm just telling you right now. They call I'm him. I'm just glad my boys God. know that John Madden doesn't just make uh, video games that he used to play around on the TV screen oh. like we all wish we could. Like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy. I love any anything him and Pat Summerall are calling. I can listen oh, to it goodness. all night long. It's the best. It, and it's funny because yeah. at the time, Ryan, at the time, Andy, we're going to let you go, dude. Thank you so okay. much for your time. Thank you. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, Andy. Uh, yeah, have a good, have night. good night, buddy. Um, at the time when John Madden was calling games, I was always like, God, get, stop drawing on the screen, dude. Like, seriously, yeah. shut up for a minute, right? And then the second he's gone, it's like, man, I miss John Madden, dude. I miss mm-hmm. him calling the game. Um, I guess you grew up in the same time frame, right, Ryan? You you heard a lot of Madden calling games, right? Yeah, I grew up in the '90s. I was there. I saw it. I miss him for sure. Yeah, he was I'm the, the same man. age as you guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> what did you say, Jake? <laughs> same age as y'all. What are you talking about? I think Clayton's fifty. I'm forty, and you're nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really how you think of it? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I'm feeling fifty, man. Um, let's let's get back to the chat here. John Dorn, a day over forty nine. Yeah. John Dorn in the chat says Packers will attack the middle of the field. Uh, They haven't in the past. That's a fact. Uh, You know, we've talked about that on here. Uh, The statistics kind of show how they've gotten away from the middle of the field. I'm excited to see them kind of open that up. Um, Mike in the chat says Jordan Love ability to run will force the defense to play up, which will get guys open downfield because they will spy on him. Rodgers became a statue, which defenses didn't have to worry about him running. Dude, that's a fact. You, when Rodgers was most effective, Ryan, he would – I mean, he had some yeah. wheels on him, dude. And and it wasn't – early in his career, it wasn't let me create some separation to make this awesome pass. He would take off and run for 30, 40, 50 yards, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's something that we're probably underestimating as Packer fans when it comes to uh, when it comes to Jordan Love. And, and another thing too, Ryan – the the read option, man. I'm not going to be surprised if they break the read option out a little bit. You, could you imagine they come out in a set where it's I don't care if it's 12, if it's 11 personnel or 12 personnel, you'll have a trips look, and you'll have a nub tied in on the right. Let's just say on the right. And I'm paint a picture for you here, and and imagine them loading up trying to cover the outside zone, right? And and now they've got all this 2022 tape of pin and pull. So not only do they have to kind of guard the outside edge on the tight inside, but they've got to look for the pull and pin on the back out the back door. And then all of a sudden, he tucks one, runs a read option, and takes it around the corner. I will hit my damn head on the ceiling fan 
if we see Jordan Love start to run a little bit of read option. So what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I don't even know. Jacob, see if you can pull this up on your app on the phone. Um, do they have any kind of prop bets for Jordan Love as far as rushing yards for the season? Is any of that up right now? And, Ryan, what do you think about Jordan Love's ability to run the ball? Well, I, I, I somebody – maybe it was uh, Warner, but somebody was doing like a film breakdown thing, showing a few of his plays, and they busted that out from the preseason. I didn't even remember it, but he had some kind of a read option, and he just took off running around the corner. And I mean, it wasn't a 50-yard game, but I think he got about eight in the first down. and. Yeah. It kind of clicked because he was talking about it like we might see more of that. And I was like, I didn't even really think about that. You know, I spent so much time trying to tell people, like, don't expect him to be like Fields because he's not that fast and all that. I forget. No, he's still athletic, though, you know. So yeah. and, and like you said, even with Aaron Rodgers, you don't have to run a 4-4 to, to be able to do some damage with your legs. So, um, yeah, I think that is going to be a little bit of an extra part of it. And maybe even if it's just once in a while down by the goal line or something, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked to be able to see that. I, yeah. I, you know what? No, they need to do it week one against the Bears. Yes, that's. Yes. I'm, I'm going to say that that's a requirement. They have to do that. <laughs> There's nothing that would make me happier than to see Jordan Love have more rushing yards than Justin Fields. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I would be, I would be insufferable on the on, on the Twitter bird, bro, for sure. Um, any luck over there, Jacob? You seen anything as far as uh, I've got rushing? a couple things here actually? So I'm looking at prize picks right now, and we're looking at the season over under is what they have. So they have Aaron Jones at 799 and a half yards season rushing yards, but then they also have AJ Dillon at 775 wow. and a half rushing yards. So hold on now, oh, and then we'll let me go down. So basically, they only have. So prize picks will only give, they don't give the whole, you know, uh, projections for the whole teams. This is only when they're very confident in their bets. So right now they're basically saying that AJ Dillon and Jones are going to split time. And uh, the only thing I will say to that is that I've seen Jordan Love. We've done uh, countless best ball drafts, um, which basically at this time of year, best ball drafts are just the only thing you do if you're really a fantasy football kind of nut. Other than dynasty drafts and hero drafts, anyways, we don't go into that. But um, a lot of times, I'm seeing that from a month ago, Christian Watson stock rising up and up and up and up and up, and Jordan Love stock is rising up and up and up and up. And we did this other thing, was called a, a superhero flex, basically where you have two possible quarterbacks that you can start in any sort of fantasy football league, uh, which is not normal. Usually, only, you only get one quarterback, and Jordan Love now is shooting up the ranks as far as grabbing somebody who could be your possible second or third quarterback. So that being said, there's a little bit more confidence being shown to them. Jaden Reed is going way up the ranks. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is one of the most late round steals you can get in this, in this, in this whole draft. And I will say one thing about Luke Musgrave, because I've been typing and, and, and texting and shouting and doing all the stuff saying you got to get Luke Musgrave because he's a tight end number one. Now that I'm thinking about this rationally and I think about what the Packers do, I'm sure Josiah DeGuara will randomly just be tight end number one. <laughs> we won't even use Musgrave. We won't even use Tucker Craft. We'll maybe use Tyler Davis more than any of them, and it's just going to piss me off. So I looked that up, and I thought, well, what, a, what, what, what can I look for in a first round or a first year tight end? Since the 2000 era, so since 2000 B.C., there's only been seven, I'm sorry, there's only been three modern era tight ends that have done more than th- 700 yards receiving in their first year. It's uh, Pitts, Evan Ingram, and Shockey in like 2001 or whatever. It's seven overall in all history. 
So we need to tamp down our expectations of Luke sure. Musgrave because I'm guilty of it. I'm thinking like I watch him. I'm like he's so fluid. He grabs yeah. fluidity. He's so fluid. <laughs> Look at those he's hips. Like water. He's like and Tucker's just so aggressive. He just runs like he's just gonna, yeah. like he's saving a woman. You know, getting whatever. He's just oh, I'm coming like Batman. He runs like Batman to to a Careful. crime scene. And then he's <laughs> and uh and so he just sticks any but he's really athletic too. And so that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if if Tucker, Musgrave, or uh, like I said, Deguara. I mean, Deguara made arguably the most circus catch I've seen out of the OTAs that have been filmed. If you saw it, he's running, makes a great break, just sticks like a one-hand grab across the middle, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. So <laughs> I I'm, I don't know, man. I'm just excited. They're, this is such a young team. I've never had this. We've never had this going into the year of Packers season ever. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I've never had it. Go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say, to go way back to the beginning, is that insanely low for Aaron Jones? Did, what did you say, like yeah, 700? I felt something? like it was. Very low. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I, he had over 1,000 last year, and then I went and looked <laughs> at it. He had his, his only year under 700 was his rookie year, and he played a half a year because of injury. So it is and, and in, it's eight hundred, seven ninety nine and a half. But in, in the last three years though, twelve hundred, twelve hundred, eight forty, and eleven twenty five. You know what? I'm gonna make that bet right now. Just 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 <laughs> do it. I mean, if he gets injured, that sucks, but that's Hammer a crazy. It. Yeah. Hammer it home, man. Pay the bills with it. Um God, it's wild, man. What are they and and every time I find myself in one of these situations, right? I go Vegas knows, though they always oh, know. Yeah. Some, you know what I mean. That's what's making me wonder, especially since everyone's right. talking about they're going to run more. Even if I don't disagree with it, that's the general right. thought process. So yeah. you got a guy that runs twelve hundred yards a year, and now we're going to run more, and he's going to run for eight hundred. I don't understand that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> let's uh, let's hop over to defense for a second. Lee in the chat, appreciate you joining us, bro. He says, "Did they did they burn Kenny out?" Talking about Kenny Clark, and then Mike mm -hmm. in the chat right after that said, "Kenny and Wyatt must step up." Um, when it comes to the defensive line, you know, you're going to be in nickel the majority of the time, which is typically a two, four, five. They may play a little three, three cub. They may play. Um, I would like to see them play a little, a little big nickel where they bring in three safeties as opposed to three corners. Um, but, uh, we'll kind of see how that unfolds. If we, if we're in the nickel, the majority of the time, it's going to be most likely Kenny Clark and Devonte Wyatt, right? Um, can they eat Ryan? Can they get the job done, dude? I mean, you just talked about with Devonte Wyatt. The tape suggests he, he's ready to go. I think he's poised to have, you know, a PFF grade in the 70s. You know, if he comes out and has, you know, six, 700 snaps and is effective, I think he can disrupt the pass. It's going to come down to schematics. Hey, look, are we focusing on stopping the run or not? Or are we going to be this kind of bend but don't break uh, top defense? And then Mike in the chat as well, I'll couple this in here with it. Um, he says Lucas Van Ness will be nice in the, in the middle athlete and strong. Um, you know, the whole comment from Greg Cosell saying that everything he's hearing, they're going to play him on the outside. I'd like to see him on the inside. If they go to some 3-3 Cub, then that would probably be a scenario where they would have Lucas Van Ness, Devontae White, and Kenny Clark as your three-down lineman and try to mix in a little exotic fire zone looks um, you know, from that standpoint. But interior defensive line, dude, um, Kenny, man, he's he's got to step up, right? I mean, I know we talk about it all the time, but what do you think's missing there, man? Because he he 
flourished under Mike Pettin, but we always have the caveat of he also had Mike Daniels playing beside him, right? Probably drawing some of that look away. So now he's the focal point. If Devontae Wyatt can draw some of that away from him, hopefully he can have a big year. But what do you think? What's your prediction on, on Kenny this year? Do you think this is a year he uh, puts it back together? That's that's my last thread of hope. Is the last time we saw this guy dominate was was when Mike Daniels was there, and as soon as he left, Kenny fell off. So, I think it's a flimsy argument at best. But if that is the case, if Wyatt can step up and be a really good defensive tackle, maybe we get Kenny back, and we we don't just get one really good guy. We get two really good guys packaged in one. Again, I'm not holding out hope, but I I, I do hope that that has something to do with it. And rather than sticking him at nose tackle where he's trying to two gap. Maybe we can get another really good pass rusher, focus on him being more of a disruptor, and maybe get something out of him. But I, if you're told me to put a bet down, I would say we're probably just not going to see that version of Kenny again. Yeah. I mean, history, you know, suggests it's, uh, if anything, he's going to begin to decline soon. I mean, right. He's, right. he's still young, but at the same time, it's like he, he peaked, and now it seems like he's, you know, on his way back down. As far as defensive coverages, um, between the 20s. Can I, okay, can I ask one question, Clayton? Yeah, go ahead, man. Sorry, just because it's a little bit on topic. Uh, so we lost Jerron Reed. We lost Dean Lowry. So apparently both of them played 60% of snaps overall in the season. So who would you think is it going to be? It has to be Wyatt. And then who yep. else would it be besides that? Slayton. It's got to be Slayton because basically he's their only nose. If they don't, if they don't choose to keep Ford, if they keep Woodford, if they keep Brooks, if they keep um, who'd they be the other one? That'd be about it, right? That's that's yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to turn and look at my board, and you always giggle when I do this, Jacob. So. <laughs> <laughs> Occupy some space here. Talk for a second. All right. No, I just mean because I mean we got, the the encouraging thing is that basically Woodford or Wolford, I don't know Wooden. how to say Woodford, 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 Wood, Wood. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Brooks are people that can play all across the line. I mean, Brooks was a freak. He was like a three hundred edge rusher, basically, right? Wasn't he? And is yeah. if you look at his production, I think he was at uh, kind of a not a great school. I shouldn't say great school, but I think it was. Um, one where you could say that, well, you're not going against high college. Bowling Green, yeah. Bowling Green, yes. So <laughs> if that's the case, well, <clears throat> okay, maybe he's focused more into an inside rusher kind of diet, a 3-5 technique. But who's going to be that legit nose tackle backup? They'd say it would be Slayton and then maybe one of those guys. Who else, you know? Yeah, I mean, my guess would be it would be Slayton and Jonathan Ford as your traditional noses. I mean, there's a reason they drafted Jonathan Ford. He's got all that size. Um, I know he's a seventh round guy, though, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he seems, I think, zero. Seventh round guy, Ryan. <laughs> there he is. There's your you know my bias. <laughs> oh, while we're here, can we really quick talk about Brenton Cox? Yeah, sure. Because as far as like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for the underdogs, right? But this guy. If you watch his tape, I was going to send you this. Sound like Chris uh, Collinsworth. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. <laughs> if you ever, by the way, side note, watch Chris Collinsworth on a weird dating show like back in the 80s. It'll, you'll never look at him the same. It's, it's really bad. <laughs> Anyways, um, Britton Cox, if you look at his tape, not in the 80s, but if you look at his like highlight tape, it's unreal. And I don't, he went from, um, if you look up a lot of his stats and a lot of the, the media stuff, the hype around that time, he was a top 50, top 25 guy. He'd maybe be a number one uh, for a first round draft prospect edge defender. For whatever reason, he got kicked off of Florida and Georgia, both of them. 
So then even after that happened, they projected him anywhere from a second round draft pick to a fourth round draft pick. He fell out of the draft. I'm telling you, I know a highlight reel is a highlight reel for a reason, but you watch this highlight reel. I've never, and I know this is going to sound stupid. I've never seen, (laughs) and it's a highlight reel, but this guy reads the read option in a way that I don't, it's, it's superhuman. He comes in like a missile, like Paul Amalo. And maybe I'm missing the facts, like, or the the points when he misses. And maybe it's like seven out of 10 times he misses. But for that three out of 10, oh my God. I mean, it is Miles Garrett level. It's JJ Watt level. It's, it's freak level. And it's not just against the pass. He goes interior rush. He goes outside rush. He goes outside contain. He does a lot of really shedding block stuff. And he doesn't have a lot of weight on him. So imagine if he put on just maybe 10, 15 pounds, if the Packers can get his mind to not be whatever he did. It sounds like he started a lot of fights in practices. It sounds like he was a very aggressive guy. You watch him play. Yeah. He's aggressive. He's very, very (laughs) aggressive. So he's going to be mean on Sunday, dude. And and I know exactly what you're talking about with the read option. He attacks. That's what they call attacking the mesh point. He attacks the mesh point with freaking reckless abandon, which Ryan, what did we complain about last week? For God's sakes, can we get linebackers that actually attack the football rather right. than you know safeties beating them for the points. ball? But you you talked about that on your pod uh, recently, right, Ryan, about Brenton Cox. I mean, not only did he get kicked off of two teams, but it was two teams that are really, really lenient on what they allow their – I mean, you got that, – that's too – I don't want to say murderers, but, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Seriously, right. It's murderers all the way down the freaking line, dude. Between those two, because it was Georgia and Florida, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you've got you do you have axe murderers coming out of Florida? <laughs> you have freaking vehicular homicide galore and street racing out of Georgia, and they both said, "Hey, we don't want anything to do with this guy." I don't know, man. He's either going to be a, an excellent player, he's going to end up in the UFC. One of the two. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a doubter. I'm not a truther. That's, that's for sure. I'm the, uh, I, the, the only thing I keep thinking of is who is that tight end that we picked up? Same exact. There's actually two guys. Oh, I know. It was a tight end that we picked up back in the day. He was this elite tight end greatest Mark in the world. Camera. Nope. No, that's, that's a good point, but no name conspiracy um, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I forget exactly what, but he had off the field stuff, you know, drugs and alcohol, whatever. And uh, we picked him up. He ended up like leapfrogging a guy, busted his leg. He got coaches were super pissed at him because like, why are you jumping guys in practice? He ends up sitting on the sideline, gets busted for like drinking and stuff, and he was just an idiot. And he ended up being Lyerla, Lyerla, Colt Lyerla. That's exactly who it is. There was also a Alabama guy we picked up, same exact hype. This guy is a first round prospect, but he's got a heart condition. That's the only reason he fell. And we picked him up. He's a super big stud. He did nothing for us. I mean, he got cleared by the heart condition and all that stuff. So, again, it, it has nothing to do with Brenton Cox. I'm not saying I watched the guy and I know he sucks. I'm sure he's great, but I'm just saying I've heard it before. It sounds familiar, and until I see – I did the same thing with Dobbs, by the way, to be clear. There was mm-hmm. all this hype. He's going to be so good. I'm like, yeah, 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 I've heard it before. He's a fourth-round pick. Calm down. And Dobbs actually looked pretty good, and now I'm a little bit more of a believer. But I just – until I see something, I think Brenton Cox is more than like – more likely – to not be on the team this September than he is to be an actual impact player for us this year. Gotcha. You got something, Jacob? No, I was just going to say that being said is to me to tuck my hat in hat and come to Ryan for some. Uh... No, I, I again, <laughs> like, I'm saying no, I have no idea. I'm just no, being I'm biased. I'm saying that on... Rasheed Walker, the guy that I was banging the table for, I'm told that Tanuda, Tanuga, 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 Tanuga he's going to 
eat his lunch. And it sounds like that uh, <laughs> Lou Nichols probably ain't going to make the team. It's not, you know what I mean? Just little things like this. I, I was told, or not told. It's not like somebody told me. Um, I, I was read told. That, uh, Lou Nichols <laughs> My sources. Is, 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 looks very um, non-shifty, like not explosive, that Tyler Goodson looks just like Aaron Jones 2.0. And if that's the case, you know. So, yeah, a lot, and it sounds like um, Grant DeBose, he hasn't even practiced yet hasn't even so nobody can know what he looks like malik heath so now that's my guy that's my there new Juwan winfrey that's my <laughs> new Juwan winfrey so malik heath that's my guy so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep standing up for the underdogs and mm -hmm. ryan can keep cutting my knees out with an axe much like just, that tight end <laughs> so, your knees out from under you like he went to florida <laughs> i just can't wait for this season to start or at least training camp because uh if i have to see another video of what if quarterbacks of what if quarterbacks throw left-handed, I'm going to waterboard oh, myself. <laughs> Some of the conversation, man, especially I, I, I just want to go to NFL Network one day and just sit down with the execs and go, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Like, why, why are you putting this on TV? The conversations, the just it's, it's unbelievable, man. Just show a classic game and have people talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, do do something better. It's, it's hard to come up chat. with content in the offseason, but it ain't that hard. It ain't. No. Right? <laughs> Especially when you got Rodgers speaking at, you know, uh, all these, uh, what do you call it? Tripodelics. Yeah. Psychedelics. Tri you say tripodelics? Tripodelics. <laughs> Sorry, I took one of them. Anyway. Dakota <laughs> says I'm surrounded by you crazy people. Y'all just able to join? Well, what kind of crazy people are you surrounded by out there, Dakota? I know you're in Tennessee, but you ain't down there on uh, Meth Avenue, are you, bro? You got to be careful some of these spots, man. It's getting ugly out here. Simon sure. says, uh, thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. Love all the content you guys put out. Hey, we appreciate you, Simon. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Um, let's see. Let's just kind of hit on a few more of these chats. Dakota again says – I'm so excited for this coming season. However, I'm starting to get into the temper your expectations realm of excitement. The team may not live up to the fantasy I'm building up in my head. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about that today. I'm going, I, why am I – I am way too happy about this team. Like, for right. it to be so unproven, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but well, I don't know, man. When you look at just the structure of it, right, the, the skeleton of, of the entire team, in the important spots, right, edge defender – we, we load it up again, number 13 pick. We take an edge defender. I think Lucas Van Ness is going to be a star. That's just me personally. I think he's yeah. – I, I think he is as advertised. I think we're going to be very, very happy with him. Work ethic, team guy. Everybody absolutely loves him. And he's just – he's a dude who's got just a combination of, of both strength and speed. You get Rashawn Gary back healthy. Preston Smith, hey, you know how it works, Ryan. One year he's up, one year he's down. He's going to be up this year, baby. It's an up it's year. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you've got three solid edge defenders – you know, that's the most important aspect of your defense. Uh, you're going to be in good shape. Go ahead, Jake. No, I was just going to say, did you guys see the the graphic that Justin, who's on vacation, Justin is on vacation down in Florida and like the whatever part of Florida, I don't care. But he made a graphic for this podcast where it's uh, Mr. It's, it's, it's basically like looking at a mirror of Rashawn Gary and LVN. I'm going to start calling him LVN. Is that all right? Fair enough. Yeah. And they're basically looking at each other, but in the background are the super like heroes that they kind of depict. So it was Bane, Gary, and then Hercules. That's nice dope. job, Justin. That's super nice dope. Job. He that probably we actually super, super messed up. I should say super sober in Florida. Trust me, the text <laughs> messages where I'm, I'm getting from him. Don't make any sense. We actually put that graphic together. 
because I was trying to come up with something, and then I think it was him that pointed out. He said his nickname is actually Hercules. So I was like, oh, dude, that's freaking perfect. They'll throw it together. I wasn't expecting him to put them in the background like that over top of Lambeau Field. Absolutely crushed it. It's good what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simon in chat says, how do you feel about numbers 69? Okay. Seems like last of the old AR legacy. Uh, I loved him in prior years. Hope for the best, but I, I, I'm not sure if he is ready to fully turn the page. Ryan, you've hit a lot on this on your pod. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think Bakhtiari is a pro. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to play his butt off if he's healthy. I think he's going to be one of the best left tackles in the league. I don't really care what he believes on and off the field politically. I don't care about what conspiracy theories he thinks is true or isn't. That makes no difference to me. I don't get caught up in all of that, which a lot of people do. Um, if he comes out and plays good football and is a team player, I, I don't really care about the other stuff. But I do think from a – from a uh, financial standpoint, this is probably box last year in Green Bay, unless he's willing to take a pay cut. But the vibe I get, Ryan, he's he's probably not going to no. do that, right? No, and and yeah, it's kind of like what you said about Kenny, where it's like I don't want to come off as a hater, but you know th these topics keep coming up and you keep hammering it, and it's like I hate that I keep saying this because I sound like I freaking hate the guy and want to beat the crap out of him or something. But it's it's not that. It's just I'm I'm just trying to p depict a certain side of 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 a story. And and I agree. And I've said that about Bakhtiari. He he's a good football player and he's going to play good football this year. The the only issue that I've had is I wish he had a different mentality and a different way of talking about things and a different right. way of relating to people and different priorities. But I think ninety percent of guys at his age, with the amount of money he makes. They start to kind of adopt that, right? This is this is my last couple of years in the league, you know. It just it is what it is, yeah. And it's you know, and, and and as a guy who's just sitting here watching, I can sit here and nitpick and say I wish you were better in these areas, those areas, whatever. But it is what it is. And, and again, I I I think he's going to have a great year. He's always been very good. Even coming back from injury, he came back and he was phenomenal. And and I agree. I think it's going to be the end of his of his thing. And and if he was a little bit more. Aaron Jonesy in the way that he went about things. Yeah. Maybe I'd be more optimistic about him coming back, not just because of the pay cut, but because the Packers would really want him back. But I also think because of the way that he's dealing with things, even not financially, the Packers would probably be like, all right, I think we need to kind of so so it's it'll be similar, but not nearly as 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 bad as the Rogers situation where Bakhtiari realizes it's time to go, Packers realize it's time to go, and we just kind of part ways that way. Yeah, and I think they'll approach him the same way they did with Aaron Jones. It's obvious they went to Aaron yeah. Jones and said, look, your cap number can't be this, right? Yep. We can put some money in your pocket rather than you gambling in the open market because I don't think he would have came out as good if he went to the open market. That's Dude, just have you seen the running back market? Ezekiel Elliott yeah. is still there. Kareem Hunt is unsigned. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. If yeah. you're a running back in this league, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a discount to sit with your home team Actually, that loves you. Yeah. It's smart business. It's essentially right. what Jones said, and he was right. He's like, I don't know what you're talking I'm making the most money I've ever made in my life. I mean, the fact yeah. of the matter is the, the money they promised him was fake money, and I guess he he probably just knew that coming into it. He did. And yeah, yeah. He, he got he got big time paid. He's he's one of the top running backs in football. And and you're right, if he had tested the market, he'd be sitting out there right now. Because yeah, he's not gonna <laughs> get paid more than what he's getting. Yeah. Now the problem with the Bakhtiari situation is that's a premier position, right? People right. are still right. willing to overpay. I mean, I think it was McGlinchey. Was it McGlinchey that got a yeah. ton of money? Right. So, you know, if he were to, you know, if they were to go to him and say, Hey, look, are you willing to take a pay cut? We'll put some, you know, guaranteed money in your pocket, lowers our cap hit, and we don't have to kick the can down the road. He's probably going to go, 
no, nah, I want to hit the market. And then yeah. he'll be out there in the swamps of Jersey playing left tackle for the Jets. It's <laughs> a matter of time. Um, Mike in the chat says, I really hope we run creative plays on both sides of the ball. I think we can make the playoffs, but everything has to go almost right. It's a very thin thread, Mike. I completely agree with that. I wanted to hit on these numbers real quick, and we're going to wrap this thing up. I appreciate y'all uh, hopping on with us. Um, defensive coverage is between this 20s. That's what I was going to talk about just a second ago. This really surprised me, Ryan. I'm going to go down and list the percentages of they call these plays, okay? Cover one, right? Cover one defense, 14.7%, 27th in the league, okay? Didn't call it a whole lot. Cover two, 5.7%, 27th in the league. Cover three, uh, 36.1%, that was 14th in the league. Quarters coverage, 16.6% of the time, that was 10th most in the league. Wow. Quarter, quarter, half, which is basically a cover six, half the field's cover four, at the field's cover two. They called that 13.1% of the time, which is eighth best in the league. That's why you see a lot of players playing off the line of scrimmage because yeah. it's on that cover four side, right? Um, they're not being aggressive, and they're trying to they're trying to call that play call, that cover six where it's cover two on half the field. The cover two side, they're trying to match that up with what they've seen on tape of where's going to be the underneath option because typically what offenses do is they come out and they split the field right in half, and they okay. Where's my pre-snap hat count? All right, this is my underneath side. This is my over-the-top side. Which side of the field do I want to work? They've got post-snap keys. And the thing that Fangio really likes to do, uh, the Fangio defense, which is ran by Joe Barry, what they like to do is they want to remove any amount of information a quarterback can, can decipher mm -hmm. pre-snap. They want everything to have to be determined post-snap because that increases your chances of them making a mistake. That's why they always show that too high look. And, uh, of course, they played cover five, you know, just 1% of the time. But this was the one that caught me off guard, man. They ran cover zero 3.1% of the time, 3.1% of the time. That was sixth most in the National Football League. Cover, cover zero basically meaning nobody is deep. This is just straight man coverage, cover zero, no safeties on the shelf. I'm thinking that in that 3.1% you know, of the time or 3.6% of the time that that was, they were probably going, all right, this is a run situation. And we don't – we're more confused than a fart in a fan factory when it comes to run defense. Let's just put everybody up on the line of scrimmage, play straight up, zero man, and let's try to stop the run here. It's the only thing I can come up with. But those numbers kind of kind of caught me off guard a little bit when it came to the uh, the cover zero. And, you know, with, with the corners we got, I'm okay with it, dude. Like we've talked about in the past, be aggressive. Be aggressive. Yeah. If you get beat, you get beat, right? It's just this whole playing on your heels type thing. I just wanted to point that out because when you're in, when you're in quarters – and you're in quarter, quarter, half, that cover six, that's why you're seeing those corners kind of play off the, the line of scrimmage a little bit there. Um, Simon in the chat said, you guys are really the same age. He's thinking, <laughs> look at look at, look at at Clayton's forehead, dude. That dude's 112 years old. Are you kidding me? Um, all right, let's see here. Chris in the chat, I'm loving this energy. He says, say it, Jacob. Is that woo? Woo! There it is. <laughs> go pack, go, go back, go. Bring the pack energy, baby. Let's go. I love the enthusiasm, man. Love it, love it, love it. Trying to see if there's anybody we missed in here. Um, I know Mike's been very active in the chat. There we go. There's our boy Nate in the chat. Y'all are late on the Jordan Love hot tea. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> oh, boy. I've been hanging that drum for a while. You, you cute little people, you. Um, <laughs> Nate says, uh, yeah, okay, there it is again. He just topped it twice. Make sure it went. Yeah, no, make sure you get it. it. Yeah. yeah, Double stamp. Um, Can't triple stamp a double stamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will Bakhtiari count as a comp pick 
next year from Ian? That is a great question. That's, Ryan, that's what I said. That's are you intelligent one. enough to answer that question? Because I'm not. Well, my assumption is they would trade him because I think I think his contract is such that he we can get some value. But yeah, if we if we have to for whatever reason end up cutting him, he's going to get paid a massive amount of money, and uh, we should get a comp pick out of that. Yeah, got it, got it. All right, cool. Um, well, here here's Andy Monday back in the chat. He says no comp pick if he's released. Only natural free agents count towards. Here you go. I'm wrong. Like Lazar <laughs> this next year. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I try not to dive too much into the comp pick talk because it's so, you know, if the wind's blowing three mile an hour out of the West <laughs> and they're released before August, it's just crazy, dude. Crazy. Um, and then Zach, we'll end it with this. Zachary in the chat says, hello, boys. Keep doing God's work. Love the pod. We appreciate you, Zach. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Um, let's go around the horn here as we wrap this thing up. Jacob, you got anything, man? Anything you want to hit on before we go? Anything else you're excited about as we uh, we wrap this baby up? Honestly, no. Um, I will say that again for the fantasy, you know, the the the, the prospect of looking at it through a fantasy football eye. Like I said, Luke Musgrave is falling into the later later rounds, but Josiah DeGuara is not getting drafted. So with your last pick, the last pick of any best ball of any draft you do, just grab Josiah DeGuara. Because I guarantee you, that is such the Packers' move to grab to, to to draft two, you know, early round tight ends and then never use them and just use Deguara and Tyler Davis for all that matter. Who knows? So, <laughs> yeah. Tyler I'm Davis, saying, seven tons. I'm calling it is now. it is worth your last round pick in any way. Just do it. You won't hey. feel bad about it. Jacob, that SIF block, man. Tyler Davis got that SIF block, bro. We <sighs> talked about all you. <laughs> Just leak out the backside. That sounded bad. We talk anyway, Ryan, go ahead. The last, last thing here is we wrap up, bro. Yeah, so what, one of the comments earlier was talking about kind of slowing the hype train down a little bit on the team, and I feel like I'm kind of getting to that point too, but I think it's because I've spent so much time defending every single corner of this team against people for saying stupid crap that I realized for months I've been sitting here just talking about how great everybody's going to be. And it's like, oh, shoot, I got to I gotta slow this down and really think about what I'm talking about here. <laughs> so it's a big break. I, I, not only do I not want to give that impression that that's what I think, I'm just counteracting that. But I'm, I'm also starting to adopt that. Like, dude, we're going to be – like, I, I, don't, I don't know. So, yeah. Can, can you do me a favor and just look at Brenton Cox's tape? Or, uh, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, I and will do that. And just do a little segment on it and tell me if I'm crazy. And if I'm crazy, just call me out. I don't care. But just so, look at it. I'm working on Edge right now. That's next on the list. So I wasn't planning on watching it, but I will do that in your honor, and I will, I will, you know, see what happens there. Can I send but no, you I'm, the highlight I'm, tape? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send me the. I'll, I'll that's just go. Off that. That's that's less work for me to do. So I'll just do the highlight, and I'll just go off of that. <laughs> that's easier. <laughs> no, but but again, I'm just I am excited about the team, but there's there's I think a lot of unknowns and. Uh, just be careful what you're putting out there because people are collecting receipts, and I am going to get absolutely beat to death <laughs> if the Bears beat the Packers. That's all I know. So be 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 excited, but be careful with uh, putting your foot in your mouth about stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> dude, I've listened to all your content, and I've seen I've seen everything you posted on Twitter. There's not one point where you you've you've said I guarantee you they're going to beat the Bears. Now they'll they'll right. you know it's people hear what they want to hear. I guess is the best way to put it. But the thing is. Just like Greg Cosell said, we don't know what the Packers are. Anyone who says they do, yeah, right, exactly, are kidding themselves. You know, and I don't mean to call them out, but Nate, you know, Nate saying, "Hey, y'all are late on the Jordan hot or the Jordan Love tea, uh, hot tea, dude." We okay, so 
you going to come back and go, okay, I was wrong. If he absolutely craps the bed, probably not. Everybody's guilty of that, right? We all make a comment, and later on, you, you're you're so quick to point out other people's mistakes. Jawan Winfrey, Jawan Winfrey. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh <laughs> well, you heard me last year, dude, with with Kenny Clark. I seen him in a tight T-shirt walking into twelve sixty five, and I'm like, oh, that's it, that's it, bro. We're this the best defense in the league right here, right? I'm as guilty as anybody. Um, but again, dude, that's what the off season's for, right? Um, is uh, is getting excited and, and bridging that gap till we get to training camp and it, dude, it's right around the corner. I'm so sick of people going seventy some days till football. No, it ain't, dude. When yeah, training camp gets here, it's football, baby. It's football. That's, yeah. that's the way I see it. So, um, anyway, I want to thank everybody in the chat, um, everybody who joined us, Mr. Green, Andy. You guys are awesome, dude. Um, like I, like I told Jacob a couple weeks ago, as soon as you guys realize all you need is a microphone, you could throw me off this horse. I'm done. <laughs> you guys are are absolutely phenomenal. Ryan, thank you for taking time to jump on. Jacob, you too, man. So uh, we're going to get out of here. Hope everybody has an awesome day. Um, you guys will probably be hearing this on the pod, I'm sure, uh, uh, probably around noon on Monday. So hope you have an awesome work day. Appreciate you making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go, Pat, go. To restart the game. And this one carrying into the end zone about four yards deep. Here comes Dixon to the five. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole hard. He's to the 25, 30. Breaks into the clear. Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races. It's Secretary of the Belmont. Down the split time. No one will catch him. It's a touchdown. My goodness. Came into the game. Wayne punched the ball with a groin injury. Didn't practice all week. But he just took it right off the gut. Through the heart of the Minnesota Viking Cup unit.